all that matters is how are we how am i making someone feel how am i how am i lighting someone up how am i creating spaces where people can come and feel safe and feel like they matter and feel loved and then do their best work then thrive then open up then feel more like they can be their authentic self so for me my heart work is holding space for someone and creating creating whatever it is that we can create together and a you know I'm, as a I'm a passenger really with them I'm I'm like a, I'm like a sherpa I'm just I'm just guiding up the mountain but I'm not the a the mountain nor am I the hero of the story Yo, Ryan Hartley here, host of the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. Welcome back to the interview sessions where I put my curious questions to inspiring people. Today is episode 150. That means I have been devoted to this idea of asking my curious questions of inspiring people for 150 consecutive weeks. It has been a great journey. I have been joined by some incredible people and I'm really excited to bring to you today's guest too. But before I do that, a big thank you to Web Creation. Head to webcreationgroup.com for stunning websites at sensible prices. If this is the first time you've pushed play on the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast, thank you for taking time out of your day. I will never take our time spent together for granted. I hope that you come as you are, and I hope that you leave a little better in some way in your heart, in your mind, in your leadership, and invite someone else along to the journey. If you enjoy what you hear over the next half an hour, please do subscribe. I'd love for you to leave a little review and uh, perhaps share it with that one person whose heart, mind and leadership you wish to inspire too. If you want to surround yourself with some like-hearted human beings, come and join our Facebook group. Search We Are Always Better Than Yesterday on Facebook. And again, simply hope it is a space, a corner of the internet where you can come as you are and hopefully leave that little bit better. Today on episode 150, I'm so excited to bring to you Claude Silver. Claude is the Chief Heart Officer of VaynerMedia. I love the way that Claude speaks about leadership. She uses words that capture my heart, that capture my mind, and I'm really excited for you to be able to hear what it means to be a heart-centered leader. Claude is out there doing it. She is being a great role model for all of us heart-centered leaders. And I hope that this gives us some encouragement to keep leading with our hearts, keep trusting our hearts and intuition. And please do give us some feedback. Let us know what resonates with you most. Let us know what encourages you most. But most of all, just take this to heart. Take this to heart. Add this to your leadership and go and make a difference to the lives of those around you. Because as Claude says, what isn't the ROI of leading with love and with kindness? My friends, episode 150, what a joy. Claude Silver, enjoy my friends. Claude, welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. How are you, my friend? Oh, so good to see you, Ryan. Thanks for having me. I'm great. I've been so excited to have this conversation. Grateful to our uh, friend in common, Brian, for, for connecting us. Really grateful. 
um, big fan of, of Brian and the amazing work that he does in the world. But I also am a huge fan of the incredible work you do in the world. I like to um, hear it always better than yesterday. When we talk about the work of our heart, the, the, the things that we love to do in the world, we refer to that as heart work. I would love to know a little bit about your heart work. I, I mean, that question speaks to my heart, but that, that is the question that is all that matters is how are we, how am I making someone feel? How am I, how am I lighting someone up? How am I creating spaces where people can come and feel safe and feel like they matter and feel loved and then do their best work, then thrive, then open up, then feel more like they can be their authentic self. So for me, my heart work is holding space for someone and creating, creating whatever it is that we can create together. And a, you know, and as a, I'm a passenger really with them. I'm, I'm like a, I'm like a Sherpa. I'm just, I'm just guiding up the mountain, but I'm not the a the mountain, nor am I the hero of the story. I. I, I love the way you speak. I think you speak of a, a of a style of leadership that my heart knows to be true, but but I don't. My eyes don't often see it in the world, and um, I think it's um, incredibly, incredibly powerful. Particularly with the role that you have and the organisation that you work with and for, and the platform that that has to really see this style of leadership not just be talked about. Because let's face it, leadership is action. Leadership is a verb. And I I, I spent twelve years in the UK police service here and. I was very fortunate enough that I became a parent at the same time as I became a leader at the first time. So I, life revealed to me something about the heart of leadership that meant it wasn't about rank and status. It was more around love and service and sacrifice and nurturing. Is there a time, was there, is there a situation in your own life where the heart of leadership was revealed to you? Oh my gosh. Many times, however, um, the 93-day Outward Bound Wilderness uh, Leadership semester that I took in 1991 was, um, I was 19 years old, and, and that is literally where I learned what servant leadership is. That's what I learned, what it meant when, you know, Simon Sinek says leaders eat last. Mm -hmm. That's what I learned that I need to take care of the team first and then they will take care of me. So, you know, 93 days in the wilderness, uh, having a break every 18 days, you get to know yourself quite well and you get to practice. And then you get to, uh, then for me, I got to evolve and come out of there knowing exactly the type of leader I was gonna be. And funny enough, Ryan, I went into a job after that, uh, working at a grocery store um, when I lived in San Francisco and the owner would always say to me and every other employee, you know, everyone's replaceable. Mm. And I thought, okay, yeah, but like, why would you lead with fear like that? Mm. You know, mm. your, um, your role, your title is, has inspired me to take on a, a very similar role, the same title role. And, um, and I see my responsibility as the chief heart officer of Always Better and Yesterday is that it's my, it's my heart, it's my vision for the world, and and it's 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 part of my pain, it's part of my purpose, it's it's what I care about most in the world. I guess how do you take on that responsibility um, within an organisation as a chief heart officer? 
you know, I, I don't think about titles. Yeah. So what I do today is what I did yesterday and what I did, you know, 10, 15 years ago. I happen to have a great title that allows me to do this and only this all day. Hmm. And what I mean by this and only this is how am I lighting someone up? How am I listening to what they're saying, listening and watching how they communicate and then helping them through limiting beliefs, helping them through roadblocks, cheering them on, um, you know, assisting when they have family members in hospital, when they are wanting to move to a different team, whatever that may be. Mm. Anything and everything that comes my way, I feel like if I am open to receiving and I, and I do it without judgment and I remember that it's not about me, mm. it can all, it's all doable. It's all, it's not even a, a matter of managing it. It's just all, um, bringing empathy to this organization and making sure that that is getting sprinkled and I'm touching all of the people here mm. and beyond. And you know, then I have to have people that scale that too, of course. Yeah, I want to know about scalable because there'll be many heart-centered leaders that are listening to this that are bought into the idea of leading with love and with heart and with care and with empathy. It's the next question, isn't it? Sometimes, okay, well, how do I do that? But I think before we get to the how is, is that, this is intangible stuff. You know, this is intangible stuff in a world that leads with metrics and hard figures and facts. Like, where do you take your faith from in terms of that this is the right thing to do? Well, I think it's intuition, which is intangible stuff. Yep. It is looking on someone's face and mm. seeing if they are getting lit up if they are if, if what we're chatting about is affecting them in any way shape or form and what their emotions are what their energy is like you know for me when people say well what is the roi of putting heart into your work what is the roi of um uh leading with kindness first over kpis what isn't the roi i mean tell me one thing that isn't the roi of making your employees feel like they matter, feel like they know that you work for them, mm. you know, bringing joy to someone. What, tell me what isn't the ROI? Because we know that that pays off in spades. We know that there's an incredible ripple effect that people are more engaged, that people are happier when they make friends at work, when they are engaging with one another on Zoom and it doesn't have to just be about work, mm. you know? So, I'm smiling at the question because every single thing that I believe leaders need to do, even the toughest decisions mm. can be done with heart, can be done with honesty mm -hmm. and communication, transparent communication. I remember a time when Gary famously said, what's the ROI of your mum? And yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's the same concept, isn't it? So how do you as a leadership team work together to, to scale your culture of, of heart and, and care? We're at a place now where we have enough people on the leadership team that not only are drinking the same water that he and I are drinking, but they've come in with years and years of experience leading in very similar ways that we do, that Gary and I do. And so we haven't had to recreate the wheel with them. We've just had to really show them that we mean business, mm -hmm. that when we say we trust first, we trust first. Mm -hmm. 
they don't, they don't need to prove themselves to us, you know? So that in itself, having leaders and then managers that can follow suit is an incredible way to scale what we call uh, the honey empire and a, and a people first culture. I have a great team that does that as well. Mm. Uh, you know, and when you trust people to be the bigger person in situations and you trust people to know how to lead with mm. kindness, it's not, all, we're not going to get it right all the time. But when at least you don't micromanage them so that they can at least give it a shot, yeah. amazing things happen. Yeah. And um, I'm just thinking, you know, uh, uh, as you're speaking is that, you know, Gary's a very prominent um, CEO. He's out there. He's for the world to see. He, he is um, heart on his sleeve out on social. He's very out there. And yet your culture is one of, um, I, I read that it's not ego down, but it's ideas up. And I guess, that might be surprising for many to hear having uh, such a visionary, you know, CEO that's out there. How does that work in, in practice? Well, it's so uh, interesting because there is a difference between Gary Vaynerchuk and Gary V. <laughs> and so a lot of people see Gary V who's loud, can be a little brash, <laughs> all of those things. I, I work for Gary Vaynerchuk, the human being. Mm. The human being who yesterday on an all hand said, I want to pay you all to learn. I want to pay you all to learn. Like that just does not happen. Mm. And the sentiment doesn't happen in other places. Mm -hmm. Even that sentiment of generosity of spirit. Mm. You know, so that is Gary Vaynerchuk. That's that's who every day and it's not hustle porn or all of that it's just not it's being real yeah and i and i know that you language is so important i listen to the way that you speak and you're so intentional with your words to the point you don't even say that people who work for you it's you work for them and i'm really really intrigued with by that and um but as someone that does work with gary how do you how does like how does that feel as a as a VaynerMedia employee, being told that he wants to pay you to learn, like what does that do for your your commitment to that organization? I mean, I would I would think that it gives you a skip in your step and it gives you permission to then thus learn and spend time on TikTok and spend time on Instagram Reels and become proficient in what it is we do. You know, it I I do believe that it. Um, if anything, it, it unlocks the shackles that people put on themselves mm. for perfection for having to be in every single meeting every time because there's FOMO. You know, what we're saying is, no, you don't need to be in every single meeting. Mm. We don't want you in every single meeting. We want you out there learning. And then we want you out there educating your clients mm. and whatever else your, you know, your job requirement is making some phenomenal creative work, mm. pulling strategies together. So that type of ethos right there, again, is one of, wow, if my boss is saying that he's paying me to learn, then why am I such an a-hole? Why am I so negative? Like, look at where I get to work every day. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And uh, just talking about kind of Vayner employees, I know that you recently asked your, um, your interns, you asked them, where do they shine? I'd love to know, Claude, where do you shine? Uh, I shine. I shine in what I'm doing every day. I shine in the 
this conversation. I, I believe I shine when I'm in action, trying to help people take some of the pressure off themselves, mm. remove the shame of whatever it is, and take a bat, take an at bat. You know, I certainly shine with my my uh, almost three year old daughter and my uh, four and a half month old daughter. Wow. Where does that come from? How do you nurture that heart? Where does it? You know, uh, I don't have a I don't have a magic answer for that. I have incredible parents, and I was really raised also by my nana, who mm -hmm. um, who called me heart. We call right. it heart, and wow. she died four years ago at one hundred and one, and she was the biggest empath that I've ever known in my life. Ever known, and. You know, I think she in many ways helped me see that who I am, the fact that I think with my heart and I am an empath and I'm sensitive mm -hmm. is actually a superhero, superpower, <laughs> not a deterrent, not I shouldn't get rid of it. Yep. And, and also, Ryan, you know, I struggled for a very long time in school. I struggled to feel like I fit in uh, in the working world. Um, you know, I thought I had a missing chip in my head for a very long time. And I don't, I mean, I really, really don't want anyone else to ever, ever, ever feel those things. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very clear on why I do what I do, because mm -hmm. I don't want anyone to feel that pain and shame and loneliness. Mm -hmm. I want people to feel that there's acceptance on the soil in which they walk. And by the way, we got a ways to go, don't we know? Yes, yes, indeed we do. You talk about um, emotional optimism. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to you? You know, emotional optimism to me means understanding that we go through our um, dark night of the soul, that we go through our own journeys, that we have our own depressions, that we have our own pains, that we have our own feelings and emotions, mm -hmm. but that we can somehow, whether or not it's within ourselves, it's within getting support from others, see those obstacles and hardships and still identify them and still find a way through. Mm. Not negating, it's not toxic positivity. The emotional, that's the heavy part. Like, yeah, it's not easy. There's tons of things that aren't easy out there in the world or maybe in the workplace. The acknowledgement and then the optimism the hope of a better future. Mm. Optimism is all about hope. Tomorrow is going to be better. Mm -hmm. Today might be really painful. Mm. Hang in there, have a duvet day, but tomorrow you'll rise again, my friend. What do you do when uh, we inevitably to be human means to experience all emotions? What do you do as a leader to, to look after yourself? Yeah. I, this is such a good question for me because it's a reminder that I have to do that. You know, uh, on one hand, you know, playing with my kids is an amazing way to fill my bucket. It's also an amazing way to drain my bucket. You know, so I actually need to take, I need to take some kind of time out, if not every day, every third day, where I just put on headphones and I drift away to music. Mm. I cook, which really helps me just zen out. I don't think mm. about it. Thing. And I talk to friends. I talk to my really my solid core, uh, and I know I can just be, you know, funny and 
sad and question life with them if I need to. But I really do, you know, obviously I tried to eat well and, and exercise and all of those things. Um, but I, I'm very, I would say, my friends might laugh at this, but I think I'm very simple at, I think I'm very simple. I don't, um, you know, I don't go and, and walk 15 miles and gaze at my belly button. I just do take care of my responsibilities and then say like, whoa, I am tapped out. I, I need a timeout right now. I need a break. I need three hours by myself. Mm. Yeah. And I think one other thing, Ryan, sorry. I really, really do my best to let it go. <laughs> best mm. to not carry any other weight on my back than the weight of my backpack. Mm. You know, that's <laughs> I really have to say. And I learned that, you know, we, we learned that the hard way, but like, whatever you put in your backpack, you got to carry. Yeah. So, My, uh, my listeners will know that I'm laughing to what you've said there, because that was a big thing about me leaving the police and, you know, to do this full time is, uh, yeah, yeah. I learned the hard way as you <laughs> just said that I had to let go and leave space for the miracles in, in many ways. But, um, the heart center leaders that are listening they're they're already bought into this idea of creating teams and cultures. You describe culture as the heartbeat. And um, how, do, how do we stoke their drum? How can we uh, encourage those heart-centered leaders to be a bit louder, be a bit more prouder, be a bit more um, intentional with the spaces and uh, teams that they create? Yeah, the answer for me is, is really simple, which is you must be listening. You must be asking questions of your people and mm. listening. And in order to ask questions of your people, you've got to be available and accessible. Mm. Don't just say you have an open door policy, but you, your diary is booked from nine to six every day because that's mm -hmm. not really an open door policy. Whether or not you're texting, you're slacking, whatever, you need to be in touch with the heartbeat. And the heartbeat is the people. And the people create the culture. Mm -hmm. not, the sign on the, not the sign on the wall up there. You know, oh, be kind. Well, that's nothing. You have to act it. You mm -hmm. have to take action around that. So there's no way I don't know if there's any way to be aligned with your people and to be an incredible people leader if you don't know what your people need where their pain points are and what they want more of you know and like yeah like burnout is real right now burnout is real so what are you doing about that rather than saying like yeah 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 it's just a bad time right now that's toxic positivity we're all going to get through it like what are you actually providing any tools do do they get an emotional duvet day? You know, are you bringing in some meditation for them? Are you just having a round table and talking about it? So there's so many options if you look outside of yourself and listen. Mm. Uh, I know that you talk passionately about create spaces and places where people feel like they belong, that they matter, that they can contribute, they can grow we call that space the greenhouse. Like I really love to encourage leaders to create the environment where others grow. There's a time and place where those people will move on though, isn't there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How, does, how does that happen with your, with the people that you mentor and, and see, uh, see grow? That reminds me of that um, song. I think it's by the birds to everything. Turn, turn, turn. There's a season, turn, turn, turn. Um, it's about letting go again. It's about, 
you know, of course we, we want our highest performers and the people that are yeah. culture champions to stay forever. And if you think about it, we try to save those people, of course. And if they end up leaving, the gift is they're gonna go to that company or they're gonna go be a CMO over there one day and we're still gonna have a relationship. Mm. So it's the, you know, it's the trying to encourage someone to really stay, obviously, uh, if, if they really are phenomenal for what we are and who we are. Mm. And then the understanding that everything changes and everything turns and that opening allows us maybe to bring in two other people that we wouldn't have met yet. Yeah. So uh, it's easier said than done as all of this is, right? Because yeah. we're just talking about theory and, and what I do. But you know, when you're, when you're really in it, mm. remind yourself why you're in it. Mm. What is a win for you? You know, sometimes a win for me is letting someone go in the most kindest, most humane way I possibly can with a wonderful package and love. You know, sometimes the best thing I can possibly do is help someone navigate switching from one department to the other department where they really shine, where they shine. Yeah, I think what you demonstrate quite clearly, loud and clear to me, and hopefully to the many that are listening is that there is real practicality in leading with love rather than fear. Thank you. Thank real you. practicality. Um, very conscious of your time. I have a couple more questions. Um, and most recently you said about um, emotional isolation is toxic for us. Mm. Emotional isolation. You think the years that we've just been through with the pandemic, like how do we come out of that? How do we, how do we overcome some of that intoxication? Yeah, it's really... Um the 25 million pound question, isn't it? Because mm. isolation has a common denominator, which means people feeling lonely and um, uh, that they don't have a place, they don't have a home necessarily. And so, and, and then isolation is different for different people. What I really do think is we have to find ways on Zoom while we're hybrid to fuel up the power of connectivity and that might be more, you know, more, more frequent all hand meetings, more frequent AMAs, ask me anything, more frequent jam sessions with small groups of people, uh, your leaders, you know, jamming with people, um, depending on people's comfortability. You know, I'm in the office today and I just heard that there's 20 people meeting in another conference room. I'm going to get to go see them and my oxytocin levels are going to rise because I'm going to get that <laughs> feeling of love and like I, I love our people, I love our people. Um, but you have to be deliberate and intentional about connectivity. Yeah. And so the last meeting I was on and I was leading, like it was an hour long. I spent the first 13 to 15 minutes doing icebreakers with people. And there you go, because that is what we need right now. We need to get to know each other as humans, not just dig into the brief, right? hundred percent. I'm with you. Thank you for being a light in this world. Thank you for leading by example. Thank you for giving uh, a frame of reference. I think sometimes leading with heart naturally transcends intellectual understanding. And I think our job and what I try and do here and what you're demonstrating through action is that um, there's, there's a way of understanding and implementing um, this and uh, it's incredible. Thank you so much for your time. Um, I'd be really curious to know what the phrase always better than yesterday inspires in you. Emotional optimism. I mean, right there. 
And that's the wonderful thing is each day is a new chance, mm. a whole nother clean slate to do it differently. Take another swing, you know, to light someone up, to light yourself up. It's a, mm. new, it's a new start. I love that. Claude, thank you so much for your time. Really, really grateful. So glad we got to connect. And I'd be honored if you'd leave us with a final thought from your good self. Yeah, well, the final thought is always going to be the Maya Angela quote, which is people will forget what you did. People will forget what you said, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Mm, mic drop. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much. There we go. Episode 150 with Claude Silver, the Chief Heart Officer of VaynerMedia. Claude also hosts a podcast called Emotional Optimism. You can find the link to that in the show notes. Make sure you go and check that out. Go and find out more about the heart and mind of, of Claude Silver. You will be better for it, I have no doubt. Thank you for making it to the end of this podcast. As I like to do at the end of every episode, just to reflect on some really um, key takeaways. And just for me, I just... It's amazing how the uh, the similarities between always better than yesterday and emotional optimism just bring about this sense of hope that our best days are always ahead of us. We've just got to keep showing up and, and and some of those heavy days is exactly what it means to be human. And I and I just love you know the type of spaces and places that that Claude seeks to create and just just to have that level of conviction. What isn't the ROI? of making people feel like they matter. It's just, it's something that I think needs to be in the heart set of every leader up and down this country. So please do share this episode with a leader that you'd like to encourage because it takes courage to lead this way. It's counter world intuitive. It's counter the world, but it is the best way of nurturing and growing people and communities and teams and organizations. So please, be the encouragement. Send this to someone right now who has a heart for leading in this way, who needs a bit of inspiration means to breathe life. And I hope that these words that you've heard in the last half an hour, breathe life, breathe fresh life back into your leadership and your heart and your care for the work that you do and the people that you do it with. My friends, thank you for listening. And I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Keep this podcast a two-way conversation. Let us know what has inspired in you. I'll be grateful if you'd leave a review if you'd like. But most importantly, have a great rest of your day. Always love, my friends.